Isaiah chapter 49 for our text today. <clears throat> I've got a habit, something I started quite a while ago. I really don't know what made me start doing this. Probably is because I really enjoy certain photographs. And if a photograph goes into an album, you're lucky if you look at it once every 10 years, right? And you know how photograph albums get set on a shelf somewhere out of the way and left there indefinitely. Of course, nowadays people use their smartphones to take pictures, and the majority of which never get printed out at all. So when I come across a photograph of a person who means something to me, I stick it in my Bible. And I use them like bookmarks to mark my passages. And so I look at them over and over again because they're in my Bible. I got some here. Here's one of Gideon and my wife. They're sitting on a bench over in West Jackson Corners. And Gideon is holding a little baby lamb on his lap. And... Uh, it gives me pleasure to look at this picture and think about uh, baby lambs and the birth of Christ. Think about my wife and Gideon. I keep that in my Bible. Uh, here's a picture I've had in for quite a while. That's Vera Clark. Uh, she was a friend of mine for many years. And when we first came here and started this church, she played the piano. And... Uh, uh, right up behind me all the time. I remember when she was dying at her home, the very last word she said to me was, I can't come to the service. <laughs> and she loved to play and serve. She's in there so I can think about her a lot. One of those people I never want to forget. Here's a picture of my sister, Linda, when she visited us before she died. And she's in a wheelchair down over in West Jackson Corners. It was a church camp out. And she came for that. I like to remember Linda. Uh, she died from a Parkinson's disease. Uh, but I never want to forget her. Here's a picture of me and Al Lang. He's one of my one of our Pepsi parties years ago. We've been friends since I was a teenager. And I found this old, in an old photo album, and I took it out and stuck it in my Bible. And when you've had a friend for 48 years, you don't want to forget that person, not ever. So I keep that in there. And here's one of my most favorite pictures. Uh, it's my wife. <laughs> when we first got married and moved into the house where we live now. And she's hot. Yeah. What a looker, boy. She was hot. Still is. Well, now she's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She happens to be in the nursery, so I got away with it. I got more. 
And I also have other Bibles that I keep pictures with. People I'm thankful that God put in my life, people that I love, people that helped me. The main reason I started this habit was to remember, to stop and to remember. Sort of a promise to myself to never forget. I was in a store a few days ago and a fellow waited on me. I spoke to him, had a little short conversation. And uh, as I was walking away, he said, goodbye, Eric. He seemed to know me. I had no idea who he was. And I really didn't like that feeling, not remembering. Of course, when people wear masks like they do, everybody looks like the Lone Ranger to me. (laughs) I can't tell. I think I've walked by people I know well because I can't tell who they are. But I like to remember dear friends. And so I keep photographs in my Bible. Our text today is about remembering and thinking about people. And just like the other passages of Isaiah, it's meant to be a comforting thing to you and me. When Isaiah wrote these words, it was a specific time in history, and the historical background helps us understand the passage much more clearly. Remember, the Bible has different levels of meaning. It has historical references that apply to certain times in history. And sometimes the Bible looks into the future and reveals to us what happens. But each passage also has basic principles that we can use in our own lives. Facts about life. Facts about God, warnings about sin and consequences, good advice as to how we should live our lives. So we can look at the past and also learn about our own lives. (coughs) So be careful if some preacher says to you, this was written for Israel in 450 B.C., it's not for us. Be careful of that. God didn't intend to just write a history book. He intended to write an instruction manual for all of our lives. So let's see what happened. And then we can see how it applies to our life. Isaiah chapter 49. I begin reading at verse number 13. Sing, O ye heavens, and be joyful, O earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Here's a call to joy and to happiness. And it's at a level that requires an intensity, because the joy overflows and becomes singing. And the music, he said, starts up in heaven, and the earth feels a happy feeling, and the music joins in the song, and it echoes through the mountains and the valleys until the whole world is full of joyful music. The theme of the music is God has comforted his people. He has come to the aid of those that he loved, and he has shown mercy on them. So celebrate, be glad. God is good to his people. But the response is quite a bit different than expected. Instead of joy, there comes a complaint. You know, I say I got two ears because a complaint goes in this one, goes out that one. 
I don't register complaints. Instead of singing, you hear a voice of discouragement. So who is this wet blanket? Who is so contrary and obstinate? Verse 14 says that the one who is so down and out is Zion. Now, the city of Jerusalem was built on a hill called Mount Zion. So sometimes Jerusalem is called Zion, the city of the great king. But the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the Jewish people, are also called the people of Zion. So God's chosen people are the people of Zion. And so it's God's people who are saying, What? Sing about God's mercy? What are you talking about? God has abandoned us. God forgot who we are. And we don't feel like singing. Now, in Isaiah's time, nobody lived in Jerusalem. When he was writing this, there's nobody in Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came, laid siege to the city. He destroyed the whole city. Burned down every house and every building, tore down the walls, and took all the people captives. And the Jewish people were now captives in Babylon. And so these captives in Babylon recall the day that their city was burned to the ground and they were torn from their homes, carried away captive. And they say, What do you mean God is merciful? He abandoned us. Our city is destroyed. We're all captives in Babylon. And God has forgotten all about us. One of the Psalms was written by those very people who were captive in Babylon. It's Psalm 137. Listen to it. It says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hanged our harps on the willows in the midst thereof, and there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They wanted us required mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So don't expect us to be happy. Not only did God abandon us, He forgot all about us. So we just don't feel like singing. Let me ask you, my friends, did you ever feel like God forgot about you? Did you ever feel, here I am, I'm feeling low, I'm struggling to get along, I just feel like I'm stuck in a rut and going nowhere. Where's God anyway? Why doesn't he help me? And one thing for sure, I don't feel like singing. Now in Isaiah's time, the people of Zion were the captive Jews. But the word Zion is also used to describe the church, you and I. Remember the old song, Come we that love the Lord, let our joys be known. Join in a song of sweet accord, and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching onward to Zion, that beautiful city of God. You and I are God's chosen people. 
You and I are the people of Zion today. So do you ever feel like God has forgotten all about you? Do you say, I feel miserable? I guess God has forgotten about little old me. I want you to listen to God's answer to the charge that he forgot about his people. Verse number 15. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. The most endearing and the sweetest relationship that God ever gave to humans was between a mother and her child. The child grew and developed inside of the mother. That's a very precious gift that God gave to women. And then after the child was born, she nursed the child, holding it close, sustaining its life, protecting the well-being of the child. It is a tender and a sweet picture of a mother's love. And God asked the question, can a mother abandon and forget her child? Is it possible for a mother to ignore that child and even forget all about it? As strange as it seems, the answer is yes. Mothers can forget their very own children. You say, oh, not me. I could never forget my child. Good, I hope not. I hope not. But it does happen. There are mothers who forget. My mother never forgot me. And the mother I'm married to never forgets her children. But unfortunately, it can happen. And you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. But God says, not me. <laughs> I'll never forget you. It's not possible for me to either or abandon or forget you. And here's the way he says, I feel about it. Verse 16. Behold, I have graven thee on the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. All your, of all your body parts, uh, the ones you look at the most, are your hands, right? What else do you look at? You look at your hands more than any other thing. <clears throat> if you're writing, you're watching your hand. If you're working, if you're playing a piano, I'm staring at my hands. And God said, I carved my name, your name onto my hands. I didn't write it with pencil or with ink that washes off, I carved it into my hands, permanently scarred in my hands is your name. And because it's on my hands, I look at it a thousand times a day. Your name is ever always on my mind because it's written on my hands. That's quite a thing for God to say. My friends, the hands are what we use when we want to do something. Hands represent work and how our work gets done. So when God works, 
And when he moves, uses his hand to accomplish what he wants to do, as he works, there's your name on his hand. So with your name written on his hand, he can't forget you. When he works, he thinks about you. When he points the way, he's thinking about you. When he reaches out to help, he's thinking about you. But there's more. There's more here. He said this, Thy walls are ever before me. Now, to those Jewish captives in Babylon, their city lie in ruins. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed every wall in the whole city. And the wall that surrounded and protected the city, it said you couldn't find one stone on top of the other after he was done. The walls were torn down completely to ground level. And so the captive Jews said, what do you mean your walls are ever before me? We don't have any walls. And God says, oh yes you do. Oh yes you do. You have walls. Those walls exist in my mind, said God. He carved your name on his hands and he sees your walls. Do you mean he remembers the old wall? No, I don't mean that at all. He sees the new walls, the future walls. You thought God forgot all about you and you're miserable and feeling abandoned. Oh no, my friends, what a pleasure this passage is to me. He says my name a thousand times a day. He hasn't forgotten me quite the opposite. He's planning out my future. Forgotten me? It's not possible. It couldn't be. Ah. But there is another possibility. That I have forgotten him. I've gone about my own business. Make my own plans, my own decisions. I've forgotten to include God in my plans and in my decisions and in my business. How many times a day, let me ask you, do you speak His name? Do you ever go a whole day and not say a prayer? Or maybe a week? The reason the Jews were allowed to be taken captive by old Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, was because they abandoned God. They forgot all about God. And that is much more the normal relationship between us and God. Not that he forgot us, but that we forgot him. The pictures in my Bible help me not to forget the people I love. Constant reminders to never forget. Now, Jesus had tried to give us the same kind of reminder. The communion table says this. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus tried to teach us. Remember. Remember me. Don't forget about me. 
Remember what I did for you. And help others to remember. And remind them often. Tell them to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And never forget. The forgetfulness of God. The forgetfulness of Jesus. Is a sin based on selfishness. We focus on ourselves. We forget about God. So let's look to Jesus and let us not be forgetful. Let's write his name on our hands. Shall we? So that everything we do reminds us what he did for us. Because to be certain, here's the fact. We love him because he first loved us. The captive Jews were told that their walls were in God's mind. Their future was in God's plan. And I'll tell you what a future it was. We just touched down through verse 17. The children shall make haste. Thy destroyer shall be made thee. Waste shall go forth from thee. He says you're going to have children. Lots of them. You're going to have all kinds of children. Verse 19. Thy waste places and thy desolate places in the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants and they that swallow thee up shall be far away. He says you're going to have so many children. Your old homesteads are going to be too small to hold your new family. <laughs> Verse 22. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lift up my hand to the Gentiles, set up my standard to the people. They shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face towards the earth, and lick the dust of thy feet. Thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait on me. Kings are going to help you go home, he said. And that's exactly what happened. Cyrus the Persian and Darius the Mean, Artaxerxes the king of Persia, they sent those Jews home. They paid for the trip. They paid for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. It all came from the hands of those foreign kings. And Jerusalem became a great city again, larger than it ever was before, just like God said. And one day into the gates of Jerusalem came somebody called Jesus of Nazareth. The Messiah had come. The promises of God were fulfilled. The future was made certain. The Savior of all the earth arrived. And you can sing it now. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. No, my friends, God hasn't forgotten you. Your name is written on his hand. So how about a song? (laughs) How about joy? Till the earth echoes, like he says, with the sound. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. I trust You have not forgotten him. I pray his name will be constantly on your lips. Because he has not forgotten you. So celebrate. Be glad. And sing for all your worth. God is good to his own. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father. 
We thank you for the inspiration of your word and for how clear it is to us, showing us the love of God that he would carve our name in his hand. We know that there are our wound there in his hand still today comes from us. And we ask that we would ever be mindful of what it is to serve you and to love you and that we would never forget. Help us, Lord, to never forget to picture it in our mind, to have it there before us regularly, that we may always know and never forget. It is God who has brought us this far. And without his help, we'd be nothing. So we bow to you and thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Closing, I'd like you to turn with me over to hymn number 353. Standing as we sing, hymn number 353. We're marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Standing as we sing, 353. We're marching to Zion. Page 353. Oh! 
for your promises, thankful that our names are written in your hands, that you look at us and think about us so many times in one day, that you have paid attention to those things that we have lost and the situations that we're in, that you've cared about us and you will not let anything go from us. We just are grateful that you have seen our future and that you have called it to be great and wonderful and blessed. We are headed to Zion, Lord, and the walls that we have, that you have prepared for us, are always and ever in your mind. We are thankful for that and thankful for the restoration that you have for our hearts. And Lord, we just pray that the parts of us that have forgotten you those times and those days and those moments that we have not turned our heart towards you, teach us, teach us to turn our hearts back to you. Help us to remember you each day and every day that we may ever remember what the great Lord Jehovah has done for us. We are thankful for those things. We ask for your prayer and your blessing that, that those things would be done in our lives, Lord, and protection. We know we have it from you because we have seen the hand of God in our lives. We are thankful for these things. Bring us back safely, Lord, we pray to this place. In your name, amen. amen. amen.